Anybody see the Facebook post today? Nobody saw it. Couldn't tell from all there. It didn't look like it. Did anybody see the earlier post? I gave you a nice uh, Rick Renner uh, video to watch. Anybody watch that one? Yeah, I don't know why I keep posting these things. but <laughs> Well, if you go back up on the Facebook site, there's a really nice teaching by Rick Renner. He's actually in the Russian church that he pastors. And he's doing the whole thing, English translation, English translation, English translation. Even though he knows the language, he still does it that way because a lot of his people come to the church, they like to hear English. They're learning English, they just like to hear English. So even though he can preach without a translator, he still goes and does it that way. He said that years ago. I'm sure his Russian has gotten even better since then. But um, uh, that was just a fun thing to see. He put it up there on Facebook. If you're on his Facebook page, you may have seen it, but if not, I've shared it on the church one. So head on up there and check in every once in a while. Throw up some things besides just what's going on in church, some things you can watch and enjoy. And I just burned through so many podcasts. I just don't, I don't have any more podcasts to, to, to go through. So YouTube. YouTube, Rick Renner and Kenneth Hagin. It's been good. Philippians chapter 3. Well, if you were up on Facebook, I alerted you to the fact that there was a particular healing principle in this passage of Scripture, one that I have not taught a whole lot and probably be teaching more. So I put a note up there that I'm going to make sure I get more, more focus on this, but it's a teaching principle or a, a uh, healing principle that I think will help us out. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Now, Paul has uh, other exhortations to imitate him. And that's really what this is uh, talking about. 1 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. You've got to be pretty confident about your lifestyle that you can tell people, imitate me. Do it like I'm doing. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So he's got somebody ahead of him that he's imitating. And he says, if you can't quite see that far up there, then imitate me. This is the word, my metes, an, an imitator or follower. Now here in Philippians, it's a little different word. Sumamentes, or co-imitator or follower together. What we do is we take the prefix, uh, preposition soon, which means with. So imitate with is what the combination word is. This is the only place this combination word is used. In fact, you don't even see this word used in uh, earlier Greek. Very subtle. I think Plato was one who used it once. It's not used a whole lot. Paul pulls it out and uses it here. The emphasis seems to be in the Philippians as a group following Paul, not just individually. So he's talking to the Philippian church. You all, as a group, follow and go in this direction. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. So he says, you know our pattern. Follow as a group. Follow in this way. I want you all to follow together. I want you all to follow with me. And uh, note those who are not following this same pattern. Make a little note of it. (laughs) So you're supposed to... These people say don't judge. They do not read the entire New Testament. How in the world are you supposed to know if they follow the pattern if you don't judge? We've talked about that before. We don't need to get into it all again. But note those who so walk. 
He goes on, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about heathen? Is he talking about believers? Is he talking about leaders and teachers? He says, For many, and we're not talking about a few. He says, Many. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. So there are people, many according to Paul, who follow a pattern of behavior that is an enemy of the cross of Christ. And it would seem from the context of all that he's talking about, because he's, he's saying you all follow by pattern. Note those who are following the pattern, which means you're also making note of those who don't. And when you see those who don't, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Can you believe that there are Christians out there who follow this description? Apparently there are. So there are some people you should not follow. And there's a general pattern that you can that you can watch and you can look at. And no, that's not a pattern that I should follow. I shouldn't do that. Now, not that the people that are examples, they have to be perfect. He's not t- talking about that. He's not saying they have to be perfect, but there's a pattern that you follow. There are certain things that you, that you do. There should be a certain pattern that we, we see. For many walk. This is not a few. And Paul has warned them often. For many walk. Let's read it again. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and I'll tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. And yet there are people who are patterning themselves after these. Now, I know from dealing with, with people in ministry that uh, you know, we'll, we'll sometimes interact with them because I, I need to get to see all sides of, of someone, especially you know, if we bring somebody out here for the first time. We need to... We need to interact with It's important for me that I interact with them because I need to see what kind of pattern that they're following. And there are sometimes people we brought out here to the church, I didn't like their pattern of behavior. And we've never brought them back. I don't sit there and tell you anything about it. I just don't bring them in so that you can pattern yourself after them anymore. There are some people I like their teaching, but I don't like their pattern. I've never brought them out. I never will bring them out. Because I don't want, if I bring somebody out in here, I, I, I want them to be, as far as I know, they have a pattern that I think that you ought to follow. A pattern that goes along with what a, what a minister should do, what a minister of the gospel should do. And, you know, there's some catch things for me. I look at how they treat other people. If they don't treat other people well, they're not following the pattern that they should, they should follow. Especially if they, they don't even know the people. They don't know the people. You know, we take them out to restaurants. How do they treat the waitstaff? I've seen some ministers just treat the waitstaff terribly. They treat the waitstaff terribly. We'll finish the meetings, but you aren't coming back. (laughs) I don't care how good the teaching was, how good the ministry was, you're not coming back. That's not a pattern to follow. We've already done it. We've already had it. You know, sometimes uh, somebody in the church knows somebody or somehow somebody's connected and, you know, we'll bring them on out and maybe for a service or two and and see some things, but uh, always make sure... We get that meal in. 
See, because I'm watching. I don't ever tell any of those folks that. But I'm watching. And I want to see the, the pattern. You know, there's some people, if they have a good pattern, I'll, I'll certainly tell you about it. You know, Tony Cook probably has one of the best patterns that you will ever find. And remarkable how he treats every single person he comes in contact with with such respect and such gentleness and such kindness. Every place he goes, he always does that. Even the, the Hoskins, every time that they go into a hotel, even when they haven't been treated real well, they, uh, they have treated them back very, very nicely. Philip, it's tough to get him to be mad at anybody. <laughs> He's just always smiling. I like that about, about him. Now we can go in there and if, if uh, we ever were in a spot where, where someone wouldn't have treated him right, you know, he'd just come out of there laughing about it. And that's good. That's, that's good. I like that pattern. These are the kind of patterns. That's why you see these, guys, these kind of folks often because of the patterns that they have. But there's some people whose pattern isn't all that good. Or even if they, they pattern themselves one way when they're teaching and another way when they're, when they're not. Now, I like people that are genuine. I want people to be the same up in the pulpit as they are uh, down amongst the crowd. You know, if they're all happy and gung-ho when they're up the, behind the pulpit and then you get them before and they're not filled with joy, uh, it's, no, we don't need, that's not a, not a right pattern. So watch the pattern. See the pattern. How do they treat other people? What kind of, uh, is their kindness always in their life? So this is what Paul is talking about. There are many who walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Enemies. Well, see, these kind of folks will drive people away. From, how, how many times have you heard people say, well, those Christians, they're hypocrites. We have those church people that come into the restaurant. They don't tip you. They're mean. They, they treat you harsh. Well, that's an enemy of the cross of Christ because you're keeping people from coming to the gospel. Can't be doing that sort of stuff. So we've got to be thinking about these, these things. I have a couple of translations I wanted to read for you. This one is, is just kind of humorous. I don't know how in-depth it is. And, and it's not really an in-depth translation. It's uh, just one you, uh, you, you go to every once in a while, the message translation. All right, here's, here's this. Read this. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, headed for the same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get, get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I have, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross. But easy street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies... Their, now, read, listen to this. This is, this is the comical part. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. <laughs> All they can think of is their appetites. <laughs> well, that gives you a picture, doesn't it? <laughs> Here's another translation of this. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many who conduct shows that are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about the life here on earth. No different way to... That's the New Living Translation. Puts it that way. Verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, for our citizenship is in heaven. Now, I put this in your outline for you. 
if our citizenship is different than our address, we are an ambassador. Isn't that right? If your citizenship is in one place and your address is in another country, then you are an ambassador. As an ambassador, our currency is different. If you go to Mexico, they have different currency. It looks funny to you, doesn't it? It looks strange. If you go to Europe, they have uh, euros or the, depending upon where you go in, in there, uh, they have just different things. You go to Spain, I guess, they, do they use euros in Spain? or euros, yeah. right, so you, But you go to different countries, they have different ones, and it looks funny to us. It doesn't seem like real money. But over there, it works like real money. But then you come on back and you come back to use your currency, what you're, what you're doing. See, our currency is different. But the world uses the currency of the world. But we have behind us a different currency. See, God's currency is not the money of this world. But that's where our, our citizenship is. Our citizenship is in heaven. Which means your focus is more on storing up the currency of heaven than the currency of this world. So your focus is different. Here's a big one. Our laws are different. As an ambassador, the laws in the country that you are in are different from the laws of the country you are from. And while you are in that country, whose laws do you obey? Who do you answer to? You answer to your country. So whose laws do you obey? And if you break the laws of the country you are in, what do you do? Diplomatic immunity, which is one of the reasons why they have it. So that as an ambassador, you cannot be held accountable for the laws of that country while you are accountable to the laws of your own. So as an ambassador, a citizen of heaven, you follow the laws of heaven, not the laws of the world. Now, there are certain things you will do to keep yourself out of trouble, and, 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 but your, your authority is heaven, is God. And so you follow those laws. We'll go, go come back to that one in a minute here. But our customs are different. The customs of your country are different from the customs of the country that you are in. So which, country, which, which customs do you follow? Now, you see, if you move to that country, you're not an ambassador, you move to that country and you're trying to assimilate, it's one thing. But we're not trying to assimilate. We are ambassadors who are citizens of heaven. We're not giving up our citizenship for heaven. We are ambassadors to this country. So we want to follow the customs that we came from so that the world we are in sees the customs, the practices that we have as citizens of heaven. Things like do not worry, do not fear, have any anxiety, those kind of things. That's a custom of being in heaven. Faith in God have the faith of God, that's a custom of being in heaven. Honoring the word, that's a custom of being in heaven, citizen of heaven. Honoring God. The world doesn't honor God, but those that are citizens of heaven honor God. And so we follow those customs. Here's another one. Our clothes are different. 
Now, we have folks from many different countries over here, and sometimes people on Sundays will dress in clothes that are more accustomed to the country they are from than the country they're in, which is cool. We think that's, uh, that's, just, that's just great. But you see, when you are in the world, the world has clothing, and so do we. We have been given garments of praise. We have been given garments of righteousness. We have been given the spiritual armor of God. These are the things that we wear. These are the things that are from heaven. And so we wear those. If you see a, a U.S. diplomat ambassador in another country, they may be, they're probably dressed up in a suit and a tie if they're a man or uh, whatever is appropriate if, if they're a woman. But they're dressed up according to their country most of the time. Why? Because then I'm an ambassador of this country. If we have somebody from Africa, one of the nations of Africa, and they're an ambassador in this country, wouldn't they wouldn't we expect them to be dressed up to look like they came from their country and not from our country? Because they're an ambassador from their country. Well, the same thing, folks. Don't, don't let go of your righteousness. Don't let go of your praise. Don't let go of your armor. Your clothes are different from those in this world. For our citizenship is in heaven. That's where it is. So we already filled this out for you. But diplomatic immunity is available if we come under the penalty of their laws. Diplomatic immunity is available if we come under the penalty of their laws. How about the law of sin and death? What do we have? Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> I'm an ambassador. I am not of the world. I am of heaven. Therefore, I have diplomatic immunity. The curse of the law, sickness and disease. If sickness and disease comes upon you, you can claim diplomatic immunity as an ambassador of heaven. Because is that sickness and disease part of heaven? Does it come from heaven? Therefore, if it comes to be put upon you, what do you say? I have diplomatic immunity. You cannot put that on me. Because I am not of this country. I am of another. Isn't that cool? <laughs> you are a citizen of heaven. If the enemy wants to put the world's things on you, you have diplomatic immunity. But if you don't take advantage of diplomatic immunity, then they can put it on you. You see, an ambassador, we see it all the time in the movies. When the ambassador is going to be arrested for something, he must say, I have diplomatic immunity. And if he claims diplomatic immunity, then they can't touch him. But what if he doesn't say it? You see, a lot of Christians just think, well, I guess I'm in the world. I guess I have to have that. I guess I have to bear that. I guess it's just one of those things that I have to do. And we don't claim our diplomatic immunity. But you are an ambassador into this world. As an ambassador in this world, your well-being is based upon the world that you come, the, the nation that you come from, not the nation that you are in. So you take some of these third world countries and they're not feeding everybody real well and you know, the, nobody takes care of their lawn and stuff like that. And then you come up to the U.S. Embassy and what do you see? You see a fenced area. And what's on the other side of the fence? Green grass. Pretty flower beds. Why is it that this section 
of their country has all this nice big mansion, big house, big uh, whatever it is, it's just where they, they conduct business out of. Cars, big cars, SUVs, bulletproof, all that sort of stuff. Why do they have all this stuff if this country is so poor? Because the ambassador is not taken care of by the country that he's in. He's taken care of by, by the country that he's from. He writes checks based on America, not based on the third world country that he's in. And see, we're the same way. He says right here, we are a citizen of heaven. Amen. Are you operating as a citizen of heaven? Amen. Do you understand what it means to be a citizen of heaven? Now think about this too. When you declare war on another country, what happens to your ambassadors? You recall them. In fact, I've actually heard it said that a lot of times you don't, most countries, some countries in the past have not actually had a formal declaration of war. They have just withdrawn their ambassadors. And when they withdraw all their ambassadors... It is the same thing as declaring war. That when we get to the end times, <laughs> that the rapture comes because all the ambassadors <laughs> are pulled out and war is declared. Because, <laughs> see, you don't drop bombs on the country when your ambassadors are in it. You get the ambassadors out first and then you start dropping the bombs. And in heaven on Sunday we'll be starting to look at some of the bombs that get to be dropped. The first ones are the seals as they open and bombs drop down on this world because the ambassadors have been removed. Do we take advantage of all the things as an ambassador for Christ? A citizen of heaven. Or are we still letting the world come and put their things on us? Are we letting their dress come and put, come upon us? Are we letting their customs come and be put upon us? Are we letting their laws come and be put upon us? No, no, no. That's not how we, we do it. We stay with the things of God. We stay with the, with the, way, the way of God. Don't, don't go after another way. Stay with the way of God. Put this in your outline for you too. Whose fault is it if we live by the means of the place we are at instead of the place we are of? Whose fault is it if we live by the means of the place we are at instead of the place we are of? You are a citizen of heaven. You need to live like one. Don't apologize for it. The folks over there in the American Embassy are not making apologies for their green grass, their flower beds, or their dinner table. We don't need to be making apologies for what comes to us as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, as a citizen of heaven. And if the world looks on us and tries to get us to conform to them, because why do you have to be this different? Why, do you have, why don't you accept this like we've accepted this? Why don't you look on this instead of like we do? No. No, we don't need to do that. We, our citizenship, is of a different place. 
It goes on in verse 21. Who will transform... Well, let's finish reading. I don't think we did the, the whole thing. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we, are eager, we, e- we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And aren't we eagerly waiting? Who will transform our lowly body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. Our transformation, folks, is coming. We know it is coming. It, we, we are getting ready to be transformed. That transformation comes when He calls us all home. Who will transform our lowly body. As good as we think our body is, it's lowly compared to what it's going to be. That it may be conformed to His glorious body. Whew. The body that Jesus has, as glorious as that is, that's what we're going to have. According to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. In this, the same power that He has, that He is going to use to subdue all things to His rule. That same power He is using to transform your body into a glorious one. Oh, yeah. Glory to God. Our transformation is coming. It's coming. Let me read you a couple other translations. Weymouth has it translated this way. Who in the exercise of the power which he has even to subject all things to himself will transform this body of our humiliation until it resembles his own glorious body. The New Living Translation. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. That same power. One more I wanted to read for you and this is uh, from the Williams. Can't make this one bigger. He will show change the outward appearance of our lowly bodies that they will be like his glorious body by the exertion of the power he has to subject everything to himself. The change is coming. Doesn't matter how long it is delayed, it doesn't matter how long it waits, the change is coming. And we are being changed into a glorious image. But that is where our citizenship is. That is where our home is. This is not our home. This is not our currency. The clothes of this world are not our clothes. The laws of this world are not our laws. The well-being of this world is not our well-being. We can have picturesque grass and lovely flowers when everything around us is barren wilderness and not feel bad about it. Because anybody can become an ambassador of Christ. Anybody can become a citizen of heaven. Anyone can become that. But you see, there are some folks that are in the body of Christ that are walking according to a pattern that is not a citizen of heaven. And Paul warns us that I've warned you about these guys. They follow a wrong pattern and don't go after them. I was listening to one of Rick Renner's, I don't know if it was one of his home group ones or, or something, but he brought up this example. He was in the States and he was uh, ministering in a place and uh, he noticed in this particular city some of the churches that he was at. They were battling this wrong doctrine that was going around. Leaders in the church were, were taking people down this 
particular road and go in this direction. And um, he was in this one church, and they were very much warring against this. But in another church, they weren't. They weren't warring against it at all. Well, he uh, used his power of observation, and he noticed that the churches that were falling into this were predominantly white churches. And the churches that were not falling into it were predominantly black churches. So he was in one of the black churches, and he, um, he asked them, he says, why is it that you, I love this answer, this is why I'm telling you this, this is such a fantastic answer. Why are you not falling into this false doctrine that these other churches are? And he asked this, and this one lady had this answer. I don't know who it was, but her wisdom <laughs> was phenomenal. She said, we haven't become bored with the word yet. Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> that was an answer, wasn't it? That's a mouthful. We haven't become bored with the word yet. See, sometimes people become bored with the word. And we've, we've got other leaders now who are going to take us into another direction, take us in another place. Because we need something different. We need something new. And that's where these teachers, that's where they get their their hold on, on folks. Don't become bored with the Word. I thank God every day for a church that's not bored with the Word of God. Amen. You guys are, are, are precious. And every guest minister has ever come out. And I told you that uh, Kelly and Jean were really talking you all up. <laughs> and, but so is everybody else. You just talk about how easy it is to teach here and how much you all pull them and, and, uh, and things like that. Because you're not bored with the Word. The Word's exciting to you. And as long as we stay that way, we don't get pulled into some of this false doctrine that's around there. But there are people that are out there that are pulled into the false doctrine, that are pulled into the wrong directions to go. Don't follow their, their, their patterns. You'll see it. They don't pattern themselves in the way that Paul says, look, we hold on to the word, we pattern ourselves this way. And we are citizens of heaven. We have the clothing of a citizen of heaven. We have the currency of a citizen of heaven. We follow the laws of a citizen of heaven. The laws of this world, uh, diplomatic immunity. They don't affect us. The things in this world, no. We're not citizens here. We're citizens somewhere else. Our well-being is according to the well-being of where we're from. Amen. Not where we're at. And we need to keep that in mind. Stay in focus with that. You are citizens of heaven, not of this world. Live like citizens of heaven. Don't live like citizens of this world. You are ambassadors of Christ. Ambassadors into this world. And every day we have to remember that as an ambassador, we are here to represent Jesus Christ, the cross, the gospel. We are here to represent that. How are you doing on that? Are we doing all we can to be an ambassador? Are we finding those opportunities to talk about God, talk about the Word, to enlighten people as to what God is doing for us, has done for us, and has in store? You are an ambassador, a citizen of heaven. Father, I thank you that you have made us citizens of another place, that our well-being Everything about us is rooted in that other place. 
And the devil cannot put the things of this world on us because we're not of this world. We're of heaven. We're of your kingdom. Help us, Father, to live that truth here in this life. That sickness and disease has no part in our life because we have diplomatic immunity. The law of sin and death has no power over us because we have diplomatic immunity. Guilt, no part with us. We have immunity from that. Father, keep us in remembrance of all the things that are ours as a citizen of heaven. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.